0: Going in raw is now a Castbox original. Castbox is the fastest-growing, highest-rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can still listen to Going in Raw wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give Castbox a shot. We think it's the best.
1: Hey, friend, Steve here and Larson, and welcome to Going in Raw Countdown, the only top ten damn show we got right here. Here Mm -hmm, here. at YouTube.com slash Steve and Larson. I like to keep the plug short on Count Out. It is a more concise show. Keep it short to the point. However, um, I do need to mention that we have a new merch store, FriendoMarket.com.
0: FriendoMarket.com. Do you have graphics, Steve? Maybe. This is the That's the one. wrong
1: graphic. Anyways, yeah, right um, here. There you go. Right friendomarket.com dot You got uh, 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 the the going in Us pack. This shirt, is... postcard, look, three stickers. Best value. It's good value, especially this week. Twenty five bucks. It's on sale
0: this week, so it normally runs normally retails thirty. We're retailing at twenty five for the amazing Friendo Market launch sale. Yeah. 25 bucks, you get this shirt. And it's not just any shirt. It's a silk screened image. It's like a Gildan Ultra Cotton, which is a good sort of a thinner cotton. And then it's got, it's not like the heavy, heavy shirt. And then it's got a silk screen. So it's like that nice popping image. Everybody can see it from anywhere. Plus you get three stickers, plus a signed postcard. That's right. All for $25 this week, 30 after that. It is the best. I
1: mean, I'll be honest, 30, I still feel like, is a great deal. 25, oh, even better. I mean, it's a steal. Basically.
0: We're losing money off this. That's totally not true. Yeah, I not would true. not do this on, if we were
1: losing no, money. Yeah, nor Anyways, I.
0: check it out, friendomarket.com. It's a lot of fun.
1: Of course, uh, we're also on Pro Wrestling Tees. We're yeah. also on Patreon. Yes. We're at all those places still. Um, of course, every Going In Raw yeah. uh, podcast we found. Wherever fine podcasts are available, including CastBox. Got a fantastic partnership. With Castbox, please do check it out. Now That's let's get true. to what this episode is actually about: free agent signing. So LeBron James, he made yeah. this decision decision uh, twenty eighteen. Yeah, he didn't do a televised thing this year. Instead, no, he was cool about it.
0: Yeah, mellow. Has he even has has he released a statement? No, just he just Today's the one statement. Tuesday, Today's yeah, 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 and this so. goes up
1: on Saturday, so there could be a statement released um, subsequently. But however, I think just his uh, management or his agents, Clutch Sports, issued mm-hmm. that initial statement saying. LeBron James signed the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just a huge surprise. Right. I mean, that's what I've been saying for a better part of a year. Yeah. Uh, Probably the
0: biggest surprise is Boogie Cousins going to the Warriors. Anyways, we're talking about basketball right now. This is about wrestling. And so we figured, why not, you know, in the spirit of free agent signings in the NBA, a game that we both really enjoy yeah. analy- looking at, anyways.
1: Like well, at least about, the we like talking about it. Oh, I love talking about basketball uh, offseason. This is yeah. my favorite part of the basketball season because all this sort of crazy stuff happens where uh, Demarcus Cousins signs a one-year deal for five million bucks to go in a ring
0: much like wrestling a lot of the more interesting stuff happens backstage exactly in the you know off season uh so uh in keeping with that we decided to take a look at the best and worst free agent signings in the wrestling world in the history of wrestling uh this uh, particular video is going to go over the best free agent signings and uh, the video that we have going on at the same time right now the worst Free agent signings—that's That's going to right. be a lot of fun. But let's dig right into this. We're going to praise ten, 10. free agent signings. Number 10. 10. Cody Rhodes. Cody there Rhodes. There he, is. he that, is. Cody Rhodes. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, so let's go back. Oh, sorry. Was go released. ahead.
1: Yes. Yeah, so let's go back to May 21st, I believe, 2015, um, where Cody said on Twitter, hey, "Hey, I don't want to be with WWE anymore.
0: Don't want. To, I don't want to be Stardust anymore, man. You guys aren't yeah. using me right.
1: No. Part of his beef is that like he has creative ideas." Um, and they weren't being implemented. But yeah. that being said, Cody, whenever you gave him anything, he ran with it. Oh, man, he was uh, the best. Always, yeah, yeah. He always did his utmost to, to, to do what was given to him good, mm-hmm. well. Um, so the following day, May 22nd, he was officially granted his release. And shortly after that, I remember, he posted that picture on Twitter. His bucket list. Yeah, all the things he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I think he's checked off a good oh, handful the vast of majority those. majority of them, yeah. If not yeah, I would all think so. Maybe. Um, he sort of roamed
0: around at first. Yeah, he went he, to Impact, Impact for a spell.
1: He, he he made a point of saying that he wasn't going to sign a contract with anybody at first. Yeah. So, yeah, he went to Impact. He went to Ring of Honor. He wrestled a PWG. He wrestled APW out here at the Bay Area a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, he really traveled the country and the world. Yeah. Um, I think uh, partly to check off those items on the list he made, get those accomplished. But also I think he just i wonder if he just wanted to see what was out there for oh, him. Oh, that has to be the case. And and not just hear it second hand, but go and explore for himself, see what it was like wrestling in New Japan, what it was like wrestling for Ring of Honor, Impact, APW, all the other countless independent promotions he wrestled for um for, you know, a year and a half or so.
0: I would think understanding that he has a wealth of options in front of him. Um, he probably understood that he had the leverage in terms of, well, I don't have signing sign anywhere right now, mm-hmm. so I want to go out and see what that world's like. He was in WWE for a very long time. Yep. Uh, let's see. And the just... wrestling
1: landscape changed a lot while he was employed oh, by Oh, big time, WB. yeah.
0: So it's like you never really know what's out there until you get out there and find out. And, uh, you know, once he did, you know, it was obvious that, uh, my goodness, uh, Cody Rhodes, the amount of creativity uh, that this guy has is off the charts. Yeah,
1: as we've seen in recent, uh, last couple of years, pretty much. Mm-hmm. He yeah. has a YouTube channel now, you know. I know he does. Um, so anyways, uh, he kind of uh, was a freelancer, wrestling wherever he wanted, until September of last year, where he signed a full-time deal with Ring of Honor, which, mm-hmm. of course, would allow him to wrestle for New Japan too. Right. Um, uh, you know, he's kind of a, a, a huge part of Bullet Club. Oh, man, he's
0: become like a major, like, focal point of there. I mean, talk about being... Uh, you know, non-expendable. Mm-hmm. He has made himself a vital part of the Bullet Club storyline. Arguably, you know, well, here in America, anyways, the biggest faction in New Japan. Um, and he's made himself like you know center to their plot. He tried
1: to redesign the Bullet Club logo in his own image. Yeah, he did. There we go. In his own image. Yeah. Uh. He. Uh. Yeah. I mean, he's basically tearing the Bullet
0: part. He's he's like uh. The, you know. He's the locker room uh, nightmare the locker room cancer if you will mm-hmm. uh, to bullet club because yeah, there's yeah. basically no bullet club anymore yeah, I mean there much. is but there isn't um, in the latest being the elite it seems that the the young bucks
1: might have joined Alpha Club
0: but I think that's more like a promotion for the Jericho Cruz I don't know yeah, I haven't probably watched it yet I just heard things and I saw a picture how that hurt. Um, well,
1: speaking of All In, though, we should talk about that Because that's a huge part And um, Thanks yeah. to the the relationships that Cody has forged In Ring of Honor in New Japan It's given him this opportunity Him and the Young Bucks To promote their own show, All In To really show the true strength and power Of independent wrestling in America right now Yes,
0: yeah And uh, yeah, man, 39 seconds or 39 minutes Yeah 39 minutes 10,000 seats 10,000 seats It's pretty incredible Wowie wow We're going to be there It's yeah. going to be fantastic Yeah, looking forward to it Absolutely
1: number nine nine Rey Mysterio so uh you know back when WCW got bought by WWF WWE yeah there was uh, some people who who well it seemed like pretty much all the talents had a choice Mm -hmm. either they can accept the buyout and show up on WWE television pretty much right away whenever they wanted to Mm -hmm. or not uh, sit out the duration of their contract collect the money and not have to wrestle.
0: Yeah, and accepting a buyout means that you would be making far less money Yeah,
1: pennies on the dollar probably. than your original
0: contract
1: with, uh, uh, with WCW had WCW, yeah.
0: which was actually a contract with uh, Time Warner that Time point. Warner, yeah, exactly yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, Ray Mysterio was in the second camp where he decided yeah. to to set out the full duration of his contract He wanted the money Yeah Well, Don't I mean, blame him No, I don't either It's probably yeah, no, a pretty handsome like, deal
0: Look, man, when somebody says they wanted the money that's not a bad thing You need money to get by in this world, man. Especially
1: the the kind of money WCW was throwing around. Oh,
0: yeah. Big
1: time. Um, So it wasn't until June uh, 2002 that Mysterio was able to sign um, with another company. I guess uh, in the interim between WCW's shutdown and uh, his contract expiring, he did wrestle um, in Mexico some, Mm. just not here in the States. Mm -hmm. However, in June 2002, uh, Mysterio did sign with the WWE. Um and uh, and he went on to achieve massive success, far oh, greater huge. success than than he ever did in WCW. And two he, times, you know
0: what? And he was he two time you say he was a cruiserweight oh, champion? No, right? two time
1: world heavyweight champion, uh, one time WB champion, three time cruiserweight champion. I thought you were listing his uh, WCW champion. accomplishments. Oh no, um,
0: but I mean you know he was very popular in WCW. He was. But he was also one of those guys because he was. This is this is completely honest. He was one of those guys. If you look at the the core of WCW's youth, you had Mysterio, Guerrero, Benoit, Jericho, Big Show. You had all those guys, and if it wasn't for the top guys keeping them all down and not, you know, trying to put the company over, trying yeah. to get the young guys over, I mean, what yeah. would it have mattered in the end? Who knows? Given that the you know people at TNT or the AOL Time Warner merger
1: didn't want to be involved in the wrestling business, anyways. people came
0: in didn't want to be involved in the wrestling. Who knows if it even mattered? Um, but uh, but you know, for certain. Rey Mysterio was one of those talents. And when he came in, everybody knew. He was one of those guys that everybody was waiting for. Yeah. And he came in, and like you said, you know, massive talent, massive success. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Hopefully, he might even be
1: coming back again. Yeah, I hope so.
0: Um, he's part already one of the pre-order bonuses for uh, 2K19 for mm-hmm. WWE 2K19. I mean, he was
1: just in the this year's Royal Rumble. Looked great. Looked amazing. Oh, looked amazing. Was yeah. moving really well. Looked fantastic.
0: So, uh, yeah. No, Rey Mysterio. Huge, huge free agent signing back in the WWE. Number eight. eight. AJ Styles. You
1: can almost count him as yeah. a huge free agent signing twice. First, I'm happy you, you were singing the Bullet Club theme yeah. there. Um, it hardly seems like it's been this long ago. 2013. In 2013, oh, he and TNA parted ways. I know. Uh, and then he, uh, pretty shortly thereafter, made a massive impact wow. in New Japan. Yes. Um, uh, signing a contract, debuting... April 6th invasion attack. That's also uh, uh, Prince Devitt's last show in New Japan. Oh, yeah. So the day Prince Devitt left New Japan, AJ Styles arrived.
0: So, of course, it was natural for AJ Styles' this huge free agent signing in New Japan to come in, of course, Bullet Club, mm-hmm. known as the place where the foreigners, the gaijin, come in and make their mark. He came in new leader, basically, of Bullet Club, well, or at least the weird. ace of the Bullet well, Club. Well, it was
1: weird, because when he first showed up, from my understanding, is, is he... He was wrestling still in the States more or less full time and only show up in New Japan for the major shows. Mm-hmm. So day to day, Carl Anderson, leader of Bullet Club in Japan whereas yeah. I guess AJ uh, had that title in the States. Oh yeah. Um, until eventually when AJ I guess started wrestling more in New Japan, he assumed more of a leadership role there as well.
0: And one of the more interesting things, or one of the things that we've always said, we get asked the question a lot, who would you like to see Go from WWE to New Japan. We always say Seth Rollins, kind of because when you see AJ Styles, and granted in TNA he was fantastic. Yeah, you know he was part of that amazing uh, uh, Triple Threat match in 2005 with Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, X Division match, and uh, and so when he went over to New Japan, you know it was like oh my god, the you know doors got blown open on yeah, AJ yeah. Styles. He was able to wrestle. You know, top names in wrestling, Shinsuke Nakamura, Okada, all sorts of guys. Minoru Suzuki had a great match against
1: Suzuki in the G1. I want to say it must have been 2014, maybe 2015. It was fantastic.
0: And and so I was like, oh, my God, I would love to see what Seth Rollins could do. You know, the same kind of thing. When somebody's given full range of creative freedom, what they can do. Could be possibly amazing. With AJ Styles, that's what everybody saw. So then, of course, he was highly sought after yeah.
1: by the WWE. Yeah.
0: And uh, in fact... Uh, like pretty much
1: right after, it seems like, his match uh, at Wrestle Kingdom 10 against Shinsuke Nakamura. He gave his notice to New Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, next day, New Year's Dash, kicked out of Bullet Club, mm-hmm. replaced his leader by Kenny Omega, and then he showed up on television at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, and of course, he's made a massive Impact yeah. in WWE ever since two-time WWE champion, two-time U.S. champion. You know, the, the 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 SmackDown is a house that AJ Styles built. He's the champ that runs the camp. He's arguably top guy in the entire company Another right guy now. who
0: isn't on this list, but we can piggyback on here, is somebody who just mentioned Shinsuke Nakamura. Another, and that, I mean, in a way, in a way, that, I'm not sure, I'm not going to call it bigger because AJ has made the bigger impact. He came yeah. in, didn't go the NXT route, came in through Royal Rumble. I mean, it came in directly to the Royal Rumble. Um, But Shinsuke Nakamura, being such a huge New Japan mainstay, leader of chaos. Founder of chaos. Founder of chaos. You know, he elevated the Intercontinental Championship to above the world title during his time there. At one point, yeah. And he was a centerpiece. It would be almost akin to Seth Rollins moving from WWE to New Japan. It would be kind of on the same level. Well, that's a bigger get for New Japan because WWE is a bigger thing.
1: Um, It'd be probably like someone like Randy Orton, in yeah. In terms of sure. you know tenure with the company, and so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, and so he came into NXT, and you know it was the Shinsuke Nakamura era essentially yeah, for uh, for NXT because he was there for a very long time. And now he's you know he just got out of a program with AJ Styles, mm-hmm. um, his contract is coming up. They're probably going to give him a run with the U.S. title coming up soon, and he'll probably circle back around to the WWE yeah, title so. at some point.
1: He's been doing great heel
0: work. Yeah, he's been doing really really good work, and you know his work in NXT can't be ignored. But nope. uh, a, another huge, I you know it was it was big news. I was not you know neither was really watching New Japan at the time. But uh, when it was announced that you know WWE had kind of staged a mini raid on uh, on yeah, New it was Japan. AJ
1: and Nakamura in the club yeah
0: yeah yeah and uh, so yeah pretty big pretty big deal uh, moving on
1: number seven seven Eddie Guerrero so he was uh, uh, always one of my favorites to watch in WCW oh yeah absolutely. gosh he was great he was fantastic he was
0: fantastic again. Huge, young talent mm-hmm. that was just kept
1: mm-hmm. down by the... Consistently put on some of the best matches, consistently doing great character stuff. His stuff with Chavo and WCW oh, was awesome. It great. Um, but in uh, late 1999, um, uh, apparently around the time when Vince Russo was let go as head booker in WCW and Kevin Sullivan replaced him, um, Eddie asked and was granted his release. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, sorry. That was in early 2000. My apologies. Um, And he, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn all signed with the WWF. Mm -hmm. and debuted shortly thereafter, the end of January 2000. Um, And, again, it's it's, it's a similar situation as Ray where, you know, the talent was there, both in ring, on the mic, all around. They're all around talents. But they just weren't given the opportunities they probably deserved in wcw they went to wwf and they were yeah suddenly there was opportunities and they took advantage yep. eddie was
0: super over oh man he was hugely over um so yeah they came in as the radicals but that really didn't last too long eddie Guerrero, he was too charismatic he was too huge uh so he invented a, uh, and it eventually broke out um you know had amazing feuds with Ray Mysterio, um, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, JBL, JBL. uh, Yeah, he was one of the SmackDown six, they called him. Yep. Um, And you have it listed here. uh, One time WWE champ, four time tag champ, US champ, European champ. He had some great stuff with China. Oh, yeah. uh, And two time Intercontinental champion. So, uh, yeah, just absolutely amazing. And of course, died way before his time. Mm -hmm. Oh, what Mm -hmm. a tragedy. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Moving on. Number six, six, Kurt Angle. So, I don't know if you heard, but he won a gold medal with a broken uh, freaking neck. Yeah, I heard back that. Back in 1996. And yeah. shortly after that, uh, apparently Shane Douglas, um, you know, uh, uh, the, the franchise of ECW mm-hmm. and fellow Pittsburgh native. Yeah. In, uh, invited Kurt Angle to check out an ECW show to see if Kern Angle might be interested in getting involved in the pro wrestling business. Yeah,
0: once he saw that show, he was not. Well, he wasn't interested <laughs> in ECW. At least. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah.
1: that was the... the, the uh, Wrong the sh- show to check out. Yeah, I know. Um, where Raven... Uh, Crucified Sandman. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, he said, Heyman, no, I'll sue you mm-hmm. if this ever makes television.
0: If you ever show me on ECW, yeah, yeah. I will sue you.
1: And, but what's interesting is that also, I think around the same time, he was offered like a massive deal by WWF, like a 10 yeah, year deal. Yeah. But he wasn't into pro wrestling. And apparently, during negotiations, he told Vince, uh, I don't want to lose a match didn't really understand. That's how not how pro wrestling works. pro wrestling worked. Yeah. that's an interesting negotiating ploy. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. So, uh, anyways, that didn't that didn't that didn't happen in 1996. Fast forward a couple of years later, um, uh, WWE's uh, offer like, is off like, the
0: table. It's like reading a script to like a superhero movie and being like, okay, the second act here, where I uh, get beat up by the villain, I don't want to do that. I know. <laughs> before I I come back and you know. Or like ultimately si- triumph. Imagine
1: Superman 2 if the whole second act where Superman loses his powers are just excised from the script. So <laughs> exactly, it's like he, yeah. you know, he has his powers. He faces off against Zod, the Fortress of Solitude, and just smashes his hand. Yeah. There's no, there's no drama in that scene unless well, also, there's the loss of powers. Yeah, in he between. never could
0: have lost that. Oh, because didn't he lose sort of the opening salvo in New mm-hmm. York? Yeah, he would have had to have won that. Mm-hmm. Beat Zod in Act One. Beat Zod in Act Two, and then
1: beat Zod in Act. Yeah, there'd be no drama in that whatsoever. That's what it's. It'd just thinking. be squash match, squash match, <laughs> squash match. Anyways. Um, I really
0: am curious if that actually happened and if Vince McMahon what his reaction would have been. Oh, I
1: know. <laughs> That'd have been something else. Um, so, anyways, a couple of years later, uh, he had a he the uh, initial offer was withdrawn from the table, and he had a tr- he had to he had to have a tryout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And uh, after the try, he was offered a five-year contract, I believe. Yeah. August '98. Um, he trained under Dory Funk Jr. Mm. Um, and then he trained there and wrestled in several developmental territories, I think for the better part of a year, Yeah. before debuting um, uh, at Survivor Series in 99, um, in a match against Shawn Stasiak, and since then, become one of the absolute legends of the wrestling business. I think it was Triple H that said he's never seen anybody pick up pro wrestling as fast as Kurt Angle has. Yeah, yeah, and it's completely evident. I remember when
0: he, when he debuted we were instantly. Like, oh yeah! Oh man! I Skype's think the
1: amazing. F- first thing I ever bought from from uh, back then it was Shop Zone uh-huh. was the Kurt Angle shirt. Yeah, yeah. And, like as soon as they came out, that first Kurt Angle shirt with the three eyes on back, and it felt totally natural for him
0: to have won the world title as soon as he mm-hmm, did it, mm-hmm. because it was like within what nine months or something, something? like that. It, it was pretty was quick, crazy. Yeah, he had one of the all time rookie seasons for uh, rookie years mm-hmm. in wrestling. So uh, and yeah, of course he's back now as Raw General Manager. Written is one of the worst general managers in the business, but I'm really glad he's back with the WWE. Same, same here. It's
1: very cool. Number five. Five. Chris Jericho. Now, if we're talking just debuts, Jericho number one. You can look at any of his.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Jericho
1: number one. Jericho number one. Jericho Ichiban. Yeah.
0: Um. But again, he's a guy that you can look at, not just. And here's the thing. When Jer- Again, when Jericho came to WWE, it was always obvious in WCW how special he was. Oh, yeah. And it was always obvious how he was never going to make it there because, again, the top level right there, and we're going to talk about him in a minute, Yeah, <laughs> always held people down. Yeah. And Jericho is definitely one of them, and he's talked about this endlessly. He's like, he understood that was just the deal. It's why Guerrero wins, why Ben was, why uh, Malenko. Uh, Jericho did it before those guys. He came over to WWE, and it's not like his presence shifted, uh, like, ratings or anything. I mean, I'm sure a bunch of people followed him because we all loved him. We were like, oh, man, he's home. He's where Well, the way they, they
1: booked his debut led to so much anticipation.
0: And here was the crazy thing about it. This, is, this was probably, back then especially, when you saw it, when you saw the debut go down. It was the biggest, clearest indication of what the difference is between WWE and WCW, how you're supposed to treat your guys. The guys you know are special. They go from one thing in WCW, the guy who's always entertaining, but you know is never going to be there, to a guy who's instantly interrupting The Rock, matching him, you know, beat for beat, going wit for wit with The Rock. And it's like, okay, well, granted, it took a little while for him to get into the world title scene Mm -hmm. to become a true main eventer, but they they showed you immediately this is what this guy's ceiling is, and it's really, yeah. really high. Here's it's the other really thing high.
1: about uh, Jericho signing with WB as well as son that we could have mentioned on here, and I guess we'll mention now. Uh, the big show mm-hmm. is that for so long it was all the all the all the signings were going to wCW. right. You yeah, you had, you know, if you go back to, even Hogan, but you have Hall, you had Nash, you had a couple years later, uh, Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. All the, the huge names in WWE were leaving to go to WCW. And now in 1999, the inverse was happening. Mm-hmm. People were getting fed up with the stuff that was going to WCW and going to WWE thinking, okay, maybe there's more opportunity here for me. Yeah. And it started with with Big Show and a couple months later, a few months later, Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. and And it was just interesting around 99, when uh, things started to start going seriously the WWE's way. Mm-hmm. And they started getting this talent influx from WCW. And it's
0: funny. It, it, it's funny because there's such a contrast kind of with how they do call-ups these days with NXT. Mm-hmm. In that when you look at back then, you know, free agent signings, guys coming from WCW. Like even take the big show. It was, I mean, he was granted kind of main event-ish when, like, you know, during his initial run, if I recall correctly. When well, he
1: debuted, he won the belt.
0: When he Oh you know in, WWE. in Sorry. WWE but but still when he debuted in WWE, do you remember where it was? It was smack dab in the middle of the main event. Yeah. Austin, McMahon. He threw Stone Cold through the cage. Exactly. He comes up and he does that. And so immediately they're looking at him and saying, Hey, he might not be there at this moment, but this is what he could be Mm -hmm. expect to see him one day in this role in the main event and of course Big Show had a great career Um, and uh, and with Jericho the same way these days it's weird because they have kind of a different take like Nakamura comes up big call up right that's sort of the equivalent of a huge free agent signing right and what do they do with him they sort of have him going a few with Dolph Ziggler for like six months you know they keep him on pay-per-view for six weeks Bob Roode comes in fights Aiden English any of these guys, they could have debuted in a main event slot or in part of a main event story and then bring him back down, but you your first indication, your first impression of that guy is this Mid-carter. guy could be a main event player. Oh, yeah. But the way they do it is Mid Carter. Your first impression is mid carter. Yeah. So it's kind of odd. They used to know exactly how to well, do this Well they these kinda debuts. did that with
1: Nakamura when he showed up on SmackDown, and it was to interrupt the Miz. Yeah, that's right, yeah big spot yeah 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 but they never went anywhere because miz went to raw the, the next week or two yeah. weeks afterwards yeah
0: yeah moving on number four for
1: the outsiders hey yo hey yo uh, so
0: this was probably like in terms of the sea change going uh things going th- uh things going wcw's way yeah this is this was the kind Genesis, of really the, the start NWO. of it
1: of it when yeah the nwo uh, began and all started May twenty seventh, ninety six. Scott Whoa. Hall shows up on episode of uh, I think it was Nitro, was it? I think it was Nitro. Oh, it was Nitro. Yeah, it was right. Nitro. We did the whole Saturday night. Well, I can remember we did the whole. You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm here. I'm trying to insinuate that he's still Razor Ramon. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. You can't do that legally. No, they got sued.
1: Yep. Two weeks later, Kevin Nash shows up um, as his partner and then uh, they challenge. The faces of, of uh, WCW, mm. Sting, Luger, <laughs> Macho Man, to a six-man tag match against the two of them and a mystery partner. Oh, yeah. Of course. We'll talk about that mystery partner later at number two. Yeah. Um,
0: you know, you, you often talk about, it, these days, about the, the New Japan cool factor. Oh, yeah. NWO was super cool. NWO was super cool. And so these guys coming over, you know, it was cool. Yeah. Because, you they know, were
1: they cool. were kind of some of the first guys to really kind of break kayfabe on air and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially Nash. Like,
0: he'd always, like, if somebody would have, a like, an HBK sign there on the aisle coming down, he would grab it, give a shout out on mm-hmm. air and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they would do that kind of stuff that made it feel like, oh, wow, it's kind of real-ish, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, which was cool. And, and so the uh, was
1: cool until Eric Bischoff and, and, and his, Hulk Hogan started and to. Wanted to be motorcycle guys. Yeah. yeah and exactly. then Sold Out happened. Yeah.
0: But anyways, they had a huge successor, obviously, Nash. Outsiders were six-time tag champions, Nash, four-time WCW champion. Uh, Scott Hall should have been WCW champion at yeah. some point, but he was a two-time U.S. champ and a one-time TV champion. Um, but,
1: but more than anything, they really ushered in a new era for WCW, with the birth of the NWO. It really kicked off the Monday Night War. WCW
0: went up in the ratings for like 86 weeks. Yeah, or like 84, 86, something, something like that. that. Yeah. yeah. I think Eric Bischoff named his new podcast 86
1: weeks. 83. 83?
0: 83. Is that, was well, that how long the streak Must was Must
1: have then? been. Oh, okay. So I know this podcast is 83 weeks. Oh, okay. Cool. Good for him.
0: Number three. Three. The Undertaker. This is when he was signed. did He came in. He, oh, that's right. He was in WCW 1989 and 1990 as Mean Mark Callis and joined the Skyscrapers after Yeah, he after. played
1: Sid in the Skyscraper, so it was Mean Mark Callis and Don Sid Spivey. Is like,
0: Sid is like the Forrest Gump of wrestling. <laughs> he was everywhere. He was everywhere, man. <laughs>
1: I think Sid should just get in the Hall of Fame. Just gonna hear his Hall of Fame speech and, and hear him recap his, all the zany things he's done in his career.
0: So weird. Like the only I know. Like, why? Yeah, so weird. Um, so, what's this about? Uh, what do you got here about the oh, Bruce this, is uh, about. this must
1: be something recently from something <clears throat> to wrestle with with Bruce Pitchard.
0: Sorry. It says here, feelers had already been sent out to the WWF <laughs> that month. This
1: is, yes, from Wikipedia. Um, So, apparently, uh, WWF had already been sending out uh, feelers to me and Mark Callis while he's still in WCW. And I guess he had to wrestle a match with a a dislocated hip, knowing that uh, people from WWF was watching. Um, And I guess uh, they weren't impressed because no one expressed, uh, like, serious interest. But Pritchard... Why is he grimacing the whole time? I know. Like, is he in character? (laughs) Why isn't he using
0: his right leg? I know. his
1: busted leg part of his gimmick?
0: Um, it's this gimmick, 80 year old man. I know.
1: <laughs> but, anyways, I guess Pritchard got on Vince, said, Hey, go meet with Mean Mark Callis. Yeah. So that happened. And I guess uh, there was a house show in New Jersey. Um, apparently they got along. Oh, that's good. Um, and then uh, Mean Mark Callis said to WCW, I'm out of here late August 1990. Um, and then he made his uh, his WWF debut as Kane, the Undertaker. Yeah, episode right, of Superstars, yeah. November nineteenth. I don't know if that aired before or after. Probably after Survivor Series, mm. which was three days later, November twenty second, nineteen ninety. What more do we need to say about the legendary career of Dead Man himself, the Undertaker? It's fucking
0: top notch. There's <laughs> nothing else to say. <laughs> oh man! Speaking of top notch, number two. Two. Hulk Hogan, brother. Oh, look at him in all his NWO glory right there, Larson. What a great picture. All the spotlights are on Air him. Air guitaring there. <laughs> Air guitaring and everything. Anyway, so like Hulk Hogan, spoiler alert, is on both this list and the other list. Yeah. Because, look, man, here's the deal. He came to WC. So he left WWE in June of 93. His last pay-per-view was uh, King, King of the Ring. ring
1: in front of a, like... 15 people.
0: Yeah, it was like one of the worst Zen of pay per views in WWE history. Uh, he dropped the title there thanks to a, a flash paper, or no, a, a, a exploding pl- camera. Exploding camera, that's right. To uh,
1: Yokozuna, yeah.
0: <laughs> to Yokozuna, and I think he did like a. the Thunder in Paradise Thunder in Paradise. Yeah. But then it was only about. Oh, he did a brief stint in New Japan where he declared himself Ichiban. <laughs> Um, he he said there he said the wWF
1: title was a stepping no, stone. no that was well, he was holding the WWF championship while he said that
0: i yeah I think he just took his to oh, to right. New Japan when that went down that's weird because I don't yeah I think that was 93 oh, okay. I was actually okay. so that's weird um so yeah he was saying this is just a stepping stone so I think the idea was I could be completely wrong about this but I'm speculating that you know maybe people didn't quite understand that he had actually left. And so he went to New Japan, and he had that title. And he apparently, like, he had always denied that he had said that. But then the tape was released oh, at yeah. some point. No, we
1: watched that. He yeah, said it.
0: It's totally on Internet right now. Yeah, you
1: can watch it yourself.
0: <laughs> he said it's a stepping stone. Anyways, and around, uh, I think it was May, June of 1994, so about a year later, uh, he landed in WCW. They had
1: a parade at uh, Disney World. They had a Celebrate. parade
0: at Disney World or was it just universal? No, it was Disney World. Disney World. World? Okay, that at Disney World celebrated, which was probably attended by like 15 people. Um and they did, you know, to their credit, it was kind of a big deal. Like it 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 kind of Hulk Hogan was still a name that was legitimizing wrestling it was basically. Basically synonymous with yeah, professional exactly.
1: wrestling. And they and WCW basically the first thing they did was give us Hogan versus Flair, which everybody was like, I
0: mean, I'm not sure at the time. We they're sort of we're not really entirely sure if that's really what people wanted at WrestleMania 8, but looking back, it seems odd they didn't really do mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And so this was one of the things I said, hey, we're going to do this now. And so Hogan versus Flair, the two big, you know, arguably the biggest name in WWF history, biggest name in NWA history, WCW history, going at it. Hogan wins a title. So immediately Hulk Hogan, who was WWF title a year, uh, uh, champion a year earlier, is now WCW title. What mm-hmm. a great way. To sort of say, hey, we're on the map, you know. We're on even
1: uh, even playing field
0: with WWE on a national level. And of course, this is ramping up, or this is around the time that steroid trial was going down, and things were not looking great for the WWF. So, um, I mean, you know, you had in your main event, you had guys like Luger, Bret Hart, Yokozuna. Like, you know, Bret Hart's fine and everything, but Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, but they didn't really have the proper star power of like a crossover guy like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it did give a feeling of legitimacy, but he also kind of... We'll talk about this on the other list more. Um,
1: Oh, he only cared about Hulk Hogan.
0: Yeah, pretty much. It really helped Hulk Hogan's career. And, of course, you know, he was a a centerpiece of the NWO, Mm -hmm. which helped jack the ratings way up for 83 to 86 weeks or something. 83.
1: 83 weeks, I guess. If Eric Bischoff's be believed.
0: I guess. Um, They beat the WWE, uh, and, uh, and, yeah, so... In that respect, this is a huge, huge free agent signing for WCW. Arguably, if they never got Hogan, who knows if they ever ever would have competed yep. with the WWE. Moving on to our number one, the biggest free agent number signing one. in the history of professional wrestling. Steve Austin. Oh, of course, man. Number one, Steve Austin, you damn ten bitch. Anyways. Yeah, man. So back in It was uh, nineteen ninety five. Nineteen ninety five. He was hurt. He was hurt. And uh, apparently even before that, they said, hey, you're going to you're going to you might get a a big title run or some sort of title run. Yeah, he was United States champion. Yeah, he was U.S. champion a couple times. Yeah. Um, But uh, oh, they said they were going to give him a run with Hogan. Yeah. Not necessarily he was going to carry the belt, but he was going to get a run. program. Yeah. And Hogan said, no, I don't. He's not at my level. So uh, uh, Austin got fired via FedEx or phone call or something. Yeah. Went to ECW. Dropped a bunch of shoot style promos. Yep, uh, had a couple matches there, and then got signed as the ringmaster in
1: late '95. Apparently, it was uh, Kevin Nash and Jim Ross who was advocating on Stone Cold's behalf. Oh, interesting. To Vince McMahon. Yeah. Um, and he debuted uh, January 8th, 1996, and was instantly awarded the million dollar championship Ooh, by his nice. manager Ted DiBiase. Yeah. Uh, big useless belt. Yeah, it yeah. looks nice though. It looks yeah, it looks good. Uh, but, but it wasn't is, an, oh, Sorry go ahead
0: Oh Yeah okay uh, So anyways Yeah it wasn't long I think you were about to say He had a brief feud With Savio Vega He became He changed his gimmick To Stone Cold Steve Austin And history's made King of the Ring 96 Dropped his Austin 316 People started cluing in
1: Biggest this guy's draw money. in the history This guy's money Biggest draw in history Absolutely Did yeah. your tree move again? Uh, no Lacey came home Oh So seeing if I could
0: see When that happened <laughs> This thing is fascinating. <laughs> Some, oh, there she came home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there she is.
1: Look at her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you doing out there, ladies? Anyways.
1: Oh, well, anyways, that's the end of the episode. Yeah,
0: that's the end of the episode It's, just, it's Steve Austin, of course. <clears throat> oh, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. Anyways, that's it for show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out the other video. We've got the worst. Oh, and friendomarket.com. Go there. Buy the shirt. Yes, or please. one of the prints. Everything's signed by us. Until next time, I'll talk to you guys later.
1: Bye.